Hey, good morning, BCDC. Happy Easter to all of you. He is risen. Wherever you've gathered today, whomever you've gathered with, I do want to wish you a, a very happy Easter. I wish, I wish we were all together. Hopefully that will happen uh, very soon. But for now, I am super grateful that we are able to do this. Uh, for the last six weekends, we have been making our way to this place, to Easter Sunday, to, to Resurrection Sunday. And we've been looking at the last words of Jesus, uh, the last words that he spoke from the cross and they really they brought us to this place today where Jesus he's no longer speaking that's because on Friday he was taken from the cross and he was laid in the tomb and that's why I felt like it was very fitting for us to record our Easter talk here at the Sunbury Memorial uh, graveyard because it, really this is where the story continues and if you want to turn to Luke 24 uh, let me say this as you're looking up Luke 24 kids great job on reading our text uh, I loved it um, but, but what we see in the resurrection story now as we get toward it, now that Jesus has, has risen from the dead, is we have really the focus is coming off of Jesus in many ways. And now the focus is going on to how his followers are responding to his resurrection. Uh, so just to set some context, it's early in the morning. It's the first day of the week. In this culture, the first day of the week wasn't Monday, it's Sunday. Uh, the only people that are making their way to the graveyard are a group of women. And they are coming, they're coming early in the morning to the graveyard to finish the burial process. Really, they're coming to honor their Lord uh, one last time. And, and this is super important for us to notice. When you look at the resurrection story, that not one of the disciples, not one of the followers of Jesus, not one of these women that we're looking at right now, none of them believed that Jesus was really going to come back to life. Like, how do I know that? I know that because of this. If they believed that he was going to come back to life, Sunday morning would have been a very different picture. You would have had the disciples and all his followers gathered around, you know, pre-sun up. They're waiting outside the tomb. They would have had balloons. They would have had these big banners. Way to go, Jesus. You did it, Jesus. They would have had a cake, maybe a hummus cake. I don't know. But they would have been there waiting. And as the sun would have crested over the horizon, it would have been three, two, one. But they weren't there. And they didn't believe. And I, you know, when I look at this story, sometimes in my mind I go, come on, you guys. How could you not have believed that Jesus was going to come back to life? I mean, God alone knows how many times Jesus told his followers with incredible detail, this is exactly what's going to happen. But still, they struggled to believe. Well, here's what I want to talk about today as we celebrate Easter. And really, it's a biblical principle that I've, I put into a little saying. So, so uh, uh, listen to this. Whenever we are confused or shaken by what we see, we need to remember what he said. Kids, are you going to get this? It goes like this. Whenever we are confused or shaken by what we see, we need to remember what he said. And, and if you are a follower of Jesus, if you're going to follow Jesus, know that one of the things that he wants to grow into your life, one of his goals for you is that you would increasingly become a remembering person, uh, that you would increasingly become a person who lives their life from a place of what he said over what I see. And that's what we see played out in this story. Uh, it's early in the morning. These women, they're coming to the tomb on the way. They're like, oh man, who's going to roll away the stone from the tomb? And they get there and the stone's been rolled away and they go to the entrance of the tomb and they look in and what do they see? Nothing. 
it's empty. The body of Jesus is not there. And, and it's like, are we at the wrong tomb? And they know it's not the wrong tomb because they saw, they saw where Jesus' dead body was laid. And they're standing there trying to figure this out. And suddenly two angels appear. And how do we know they're angels? Because it says their clothes gleamed like lightning. And the women see this and they, and they literally fall to the ground. And this is one of those times in the Bible where, you know, when humans come in contact with angels, where you expect what? You expect the angels to say, Fear not, exactly. You expect him to say, fear not, but that's not what we see in this story. Luke 24, verse 5 says this. The angel said, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. And this is the key point. Listen to this. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. What did he tell them? The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. That is far from fear not. Really, that's more of a rebuke. They're saying to the ladies, what are you doing here? What are you doing in a graveyard looking for the living amongst the place of the dead? Don't you remember what he told you? And it's at times like this when I look at stories in the Bible where I am really encouraged by the fact that the people in, in these stories, they're just like us. They're just like you. They're just like me. They, they struggle the same ways we struggle. Listen to this. Sometimes life's circumstances, what we see, rattles and overwhelms our faith so much, just like in the story, where we struggle to believe in or trust in the promises of God. Like, isn't that so true? I mean, look at what we're seeing right now with this COVID-19 and all that's going on on planet Earth. I mean, is this overwhelming your faith? Is this rattling your faith? Uh, if it is, you're not alone. This is rattling my faith. And I don't blame you for that. Um, you know, for many of us, when you look at all the images that we're seeing on television, etc., all the graphs that we're seeing, all the predictions that we're hearing, all the prophecies that we're hearing, uh, all the financial and, and, you know, health what-if questions, it's so easy for us to be in a place where our faith is shaken and rattled to the point that it is really hard to trust in, to believe in, the promises of the promises of God, what God has said. And so what's the cure when our faith gets rattled? Well, what did the angel say to the women? This is the key point. The cure is this. Remember. Remember how he told you. Or whenever we are confused or rattled by what we see, we need to remember what he said. And at this crazy time that we're going through, uh, it is an incredible opportunity for us to more and more become a remembering people. We're in a time where we have an opportunity to grow in the area of trusting that no matter what we see, what he said, his word has the final say, and they call that faith. Listen to this, uh, Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 35, just get the scope of what Jesus is saying. Jesus said this, he said, heaven and earth will pass away. Like, think about that, heaven and earth will pass away. This is temporary. But then he continues, but my words will never pass away. Right? What Jesus says, that's permanent. His promises, his plans, they are permanent. And, and so the angels tell these women, hey, you want to, you know, the cure to your unbelief, the cure to your struggle right now is you need to remember. And in verse 8, there's this short sentence, but it's a pivotal sentence. And it basically says this, then they, then the women 
remembered his words. And I just see this picture. The, the women are like in this place of unbelief. Their faith is rattled. Then they're challenged by the angels to remember. They remember, that's right. What did he say? Oh yeah, yeah, he said this and this. And, it, and that remembering turns them 180 to a place where literally they've gone from like unbelief and no faith to suddenly they are so lit up with faith that they go running from this place. And where do they go? They go to the disciples, to the other followers that are hiding out at a house somewhere. And they come bursting in and they say, he's alive. He's alive. Jesus is alive. The tomb is empty. We were just there. Uh, he has risen from the dead just as he said. And how do the disciples, these great, you know, the disciples, these great men of faith, how do they respond uh, to the women? It says that they didn't believe them. The disciples didn't believe what these ladies were saying because their words seemed like nonsense to them. And literally the Greek word is leros and it means silly talk. Like, you women are crazy. There's no way that what you're saying is true. And, and what does that say about where the disciples are at? Well, in many ways, they're at that place where the women were, that place of, of, of being overwhelmed by what they've seen regarding Jesus and his death and being laid in the tomb. And as they're talking about that with the women, suddenly it says in verse 36, we're jumping now to verse 36, it says that Jesus suddenly appears. Whoop, he's right there standing with them. And the disciples are so freaked out and so afraid. Literally, it says that they thought they saw a ghost. But at the same time, it also says in seeing Jesus there, they were filled with joy. They were filled with amazement. And again, that's so encouraging to me because even though Jesus was standing right in front of them, even though they could see him right there with their eyes, they still struggled to believe. I can relate to that. I'm sure you can too. So how does Jesus he, he, he help them? Like, how does he try and help them now uh, to believe? And, and first thing he does is he appeals to their senses. He's standing there and he's like, you guys, look at my hands. Look at the wounds on my hands. Look at the wounds on my feet. And it's like, touch me. I'm real. And they're like, actually, Jesus, we've got to stay six feet away. They didn't want to come too close to this ghost. And then he does the coolest thing. He says, hey, do you think I'm a ghost? Do you have some food for me to eat? You know, and they give him some broiled fish. And if I was there, I would have been watching when Jesus swallowed that fish. Is it just going to fall on the floor? Or is it actually going to land in his tummy? But even with all that, right, look at me, touch me, watch me, you know, eat some food. It says in Luke 24 that the disciples still didn't believe. So how does Jesus cure their unbelief? Now, for some of you, you may be aware as we're going through Luke 24 that I actually skipped over a section. So 20 points to you if you're sitting there going, what about the road to Emmaus? Uh, we're going to get to that next week. But in Luke 24, what we see are three stories of people who were struggling to believe and, and, and we see how God now brought them to a place of belief. The women, the people on the road to Emmaus, and now the disciples. So how did he do it? Luke 24, Jesus said this to them. This is what I told you. Well, I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. And this is this great verse, verse 45. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. What cures their unbelief? It's remembering. It's, it's Jesus saying to us, remember what I told you. Or remember our little quote, whenever we are confused or shaken by what we see, we need to remember what he said. And, and again, this season that we're in, we have been handed, like who knows, maybe it's gonna be two more months of this stay at home order. Like we don't know, do we? 
But we've been given this season, and I want to encourage you to not miss out on the opportunity to establish in your life some new spiritual habits, and especially primarily in the area of reading the Bible. Like if the cure for unbelief is you need to remember what he said, well then you need to know what he said. So I want to encourage you, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Look at the promises, the plans of Jesus. Just like what we saw in verse 45, when you sit down with the Word of God, you are literally positioning, positioning yourself in a place for Him to open your mind, just like He did with the disciples, to open your mind that you would understand, that you would remember what He has said to us. Uh, Matthew 4, 4 says this, and I think when it comes to the Word of God, I think we've just scratched the surface at understanding just the power there is in God's Word. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus says this, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And the message puts it, puts it this way. It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. Church, there is a life-changing, life-giving passion-giving, conviction-giving, kingdom-confidence-giving flow that comes from reading and remembering the Word of God. And I am convinced in the season that we're in as a church that God wants to teach you, wants to teach me how to live our lives increasingly as a remembering people. I, uh, you know, what does that look like? I was talking to my parents last week and they said uh, we were out for a walk uh, uh, and they, as they were walking down the street, they came upon this lady, a lady that they didn't know, and they, you know, they got into a conversation. And the woman said to them, hey, how are you guys holding up during this time? And my mom, uh, she answered this way. She answered by quoting uh, a, a cor- the, the lyrics from an old hymn, from, a, from the chorus of an old hymn. And it says this. This is how she answered that woman. She said, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives... All fear is gone because I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. That's, that's, a, that's a remembering person. That's a person living their, pli- their life from a place of remembrance. And you know, I was thinking uh, about Easter Sunday and just about this Easter season and how there's so much emphasis, so much hype put on Easter season. I mean, really, it really is the peak of our Christian year, right, as, as a church, and rightfully so when I look at what we're celebrating, the death and resurrection of Jesus. But here's something that, that I've been praying for us as a church, that, that we wouldn't just be a remembering people at this peak point of the year, at, at the Easter time. Here's my prayer. My prayer has been that we would flatten the curve of our remembering, and yes, I said that, that we would flatten the curve of our remembering, that we wouldn't just be a remembering people today on Easter Sunday, but that we would be a remembering people tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day, that we wouldn't just, you know, that, that the resurrection of Jesus, his victory over death, wouldn't be like old faithful, you know, spouting off one time a year just at Easter, but that we would be a remembering people that we would live each day more like the picture I get is the slow, steady current of the Mississippi River. It just flows and it keeps on flowing. That that's what kind of remembering people we would be, that we would look back at the time of the cross where Jesus said, it is finished. Where he on the cross created the virus, created the vaccine for the virus of sin and death uh, that is free to all. 
right? That, is, that isn't just FDA approved, it's God Almighty approved. That we would now turn from the, the place that it's finished and we would begin that work of being a remembering people living in a world of people who have forgotten, who have forgotten who Jesus is, who have forgotten what he has accomplished. And so, BCDC, my prayer for us as we celebrate Easter is that we would be a remembering people. That we would be a people who not only celebrate the resurrection of Jesus today, but that would be how we live our lives. So happy Easter to you. I want to invite you now as we go back into worship to, uh, to join into worship. But uh, after JT prays, don't, uh, don't turn us off. Stick around. We've got a cool surprise for you to watch. So uh, happy Easter, VCDC. Bless you.